You've joined us here on another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast created and dedicated to enhancing, connecting and inspiring the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you're listening from today, I want to thank you for tuning in. My name is Paul Joy and I'm delighted to be your host and each episode I get the privilege of sitting down with another Yog, a Yarra Old Grammarian. We trace back through a little of their journey at school and then we start to explore what's been going on in their life after Yarra and we have some great conversations and today is no exception. Looking forward to and I'm thrilled to be able to present to you the next episode, the next conversation of Inspired by Yarra. I know you're going to enjoy it. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of uh, Inspired by Yarra. This morning I'm thrilled to be joined by Carrie Edwards-Britt from the class of 1999. Carrie, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming back for a little while to visit Yarra. I know, it's always so exciting. Every time I come here I feel like it's gotten bigger and better. Apparently you loved your time at school. I did. What was one of your favourite places here at school? Uh, I was uh, a basketballer and I played soccer here as well. So I think the sporting facilities, even though they're nowhere near what they are today, Mm -hmm. uh, I did love sport. And um, the library, I believe it still hasn't been redone. So it's probably exactly the way it was when I was here. It's interesting you speak of that because as you walk or drive your way through the school, the library was knocked over about one week ago. Wow, I haven't been that far in. So we are uh, redeveloping a brand new library and uh, front entrance and chapel. And so it's all very exciting. Well, that, that actually does excite me. I love libraries. I love to read. So the library was definitely one of my places I loved as well. Excellent. So an early memory, What tell us a little bit about the sporting fields. Were you out there in the mud and the gunk and the, or where the basketball courts had cracks in them? What was it like playing sport back then? Well, I think the, from memory, my basketball court is now your cafeteria or something like that. Is uh, it? I think or is it, it, it became Foundation Hall Foundation probably. Hall. That, yes, okay, that's right. Sure. Um, no, but I think like back in the 90s, um, I feel that... The sporting equipment here was great for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I just guess now in 2017 and a lot more money being pumped into the school that um, they just have much better facilities. Yeah. Uh, the teachers were always amazing. Um, girls played sport on Wednesdays, not on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, everyone was always very supportive of all levels um, of sporting abilities. Mm. And yeah, we did, I remember we actually had one game of uh, girls football, mm. AFL football, and I played in that and I did get um, knocked unconscious and had to be taken off on a stretcher. So um, <laughs> although I do love um, sport, I probably went a little bit too hard that day. Right, yes. right. And do you remember much about that? Were you waiting under a ball and they cleaned you up or were you diving into the middle of a pack? Yeah, I'd like to say it was something spectacular, but to be honest, I really don't remember. No. But um, it was actually my now husband was one of the people who carried me off on a stretcher. Tell me about that. Uh, Your class of 1999, your husband's name and year level? Um, Yes, Stephen Britt, also 99. Okay. Uh, Here at Yarra Valley Grammar? Here at Yarra Valley Grammar. Okay. So you met here at school? Yeah, where all the magic happens, (laughs) very much so. Um, We weren't uh, friends, friends at high school uh, I had my friendship group he had his friendship group I think if there was a, a house party or something along those lines we would probably all end up there together we did have quite a few classes together uh, he was more of that um, disruptive class clown 
and I wasn't very impressed with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was definitely no romantic feelings whatsoever back in high school. Um, yeah, I always said he was a little bit of a troublemaker and a bit of a geek. Mm-hmm. Um, and he calls me something I probably shouldn't be saying on recording. Okay, so, yes. fair enough. But now married, and you've been married for perhaps... What did we say, maybe five years? Yeah, almost six years, yes. Excellent. So we ended up getting together after our high school 10-year reunion, um, which was around the corner um, at one of the bars, and we just hit it off, and he was really funny, and we had so much fun that night, um, and then parted ways, and then he got in contact with me, obviously through Facebook in this day and age, yes. um, and we remained in contact, and then he asked me out, and yeah. After our first date, I said I wouldn't go out on another date with him because um, he was the boy you marry and I wasn't really ready to settle down, but okay. he convinced me to have a second date, <laughs> and then we're married. So and you, well, you were, go. Right. you were right. I know, wore me down. <laughs> <laughs> so who were the... the the social group, or what was the social group that you hung out with at school, and how did that impact who you have become? Yeah, sure. Um, I had a really fantastic, supportive group of friends, and now that uh, after I started dating Steve uh, and he played for the Old Grammarians Football Club, uh, I probably reconnected with a lot more of the people from our year level because I had my friends from the year level, but then he had his friends, but then we had the people that we went to high school with who were now playing football um, and, you know, and their friends from our year levels would come down. So um, a huge chunk of my friends are still Yarra people, which I'm really happy and proud about. Mm. Uh, it's great to be able to just reminisce with people at my age of um, the fun that we used to get up to and how great school was or we could joke about a teacher or fun, something funny that happened at, I don't know, one of our school dances or something like that. Um, my, when we got married, out of we both had five um, groomsmen and bridesmaids and out of them I think we five people were probably old um, grammarians. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie Buchanan was my best friend in high school and we're still very close now. Yeah. And uh, Steve's younger brother, uh, Cam Britt, he was middle school uh, captain. I don't know if he was school captain. Um, they're best friends and they lived together while we were first dating. And so then that kind of brought in Cam's whole friendship group, uh-huh. who were three or four years younger than us. Um, and they're our core friendship group now. So there's about 13 of us. And out of the 13, uh, I think about eight of us are all um, old grammarians. Right. And they've got together. So one of our friendship group got together with one of his friendship group and they got married and had kids. And um, Kelvin Moore and Kelly Moore, some of my closest friends, um, she was a couple of years below Kelvin at Yarra. And yeah. um, they got married and they've got kids. And, yeah, terrific. Um, I really feel that... Yara just created this community and um, we're all like-minded people. Although I say we're like-minded, we're all very different, different personalities, but I think we just share the core values that our parents gave to us. And I guess with them sending us to Yara, um, it just entrenched that um, within us. Mm. Um, Also, you know, eastern suburbs, we're all from the eastern suburbs, so you end up kind of all sticking together eventually. Yes. Um, You don't venture out much from that. I don't live out this way anymore, but I would say half of my friends still live out this way and my business is out this way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, it's kind of like a second home. It doesn't matter where I live, I'll kind of always find the eastern suburbs home. So you still feel comfortable coming out this way. That's great. definitely. So you mentioned in there your business is out this way. Tell us a little bit about business. what's, What's kicking goals at the moment for you? Sure. So I started my business 10 years ago. Um, I was 24 and came 
across a product um, which is a very unique uh, baby stroller. And I don't have kids, and I, I didn't have kids back then either. And but I've just always loved business. And at the end of the day, the baby industry is a recession-proof industry. Um, people are always going to spend money on babies, and it doesn't really matter what's going on in the rest of the world; they continue to have babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I brought that in. It's from America, and after about five years, it became the number one selling stroller in Australia, and still is to this day. I'm now on the advisory board on the international board for that company. Um, so talking to them about design and innovation. Wow. Um, but since then, I've taken on eight other brands over the last 10 years. Uh, some have worked, some haven't. Uh, I'm one of the largest independent distributors of baby products in Australia. I also ex- uh, export to Asia, right. or import into Asia, I should say. Uh, and I'm yeah, very happy that about in 2014, I created my own kids' uh, line of toys and books. So I write um, children's books and cartoons, which wow. are on a YouTube channel. It's called Sponky. Um, he's based upon my dog uh, at the time, the Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. Um, I won the Harper's Bazaar Children's Book of the Year Award um, two years in a row from 2014, 2015, or it might have been 15, 16, actually. Uh, that's one of my passions that definitely um, I got from Yara. I had an amazing literature teacher, and I want to say his name was Mr. Lawson or Laurie. Oh, probably it's too long ago now. Maybe Paul Laurie? Yes. Right. And I loved his literature class. Uh-huh. It, I was I just loved going. And I think kids these days can probably relate to it. There were some classes you went to and you just loved going to, and there were some classes you went to because you kind of had to. Um, but his was definitely a love. And I had Miss King for English. And having passionate people, um, passionate about the subject that they teach, really um, made you passionate about it as well. Mm. Um, I've always been a big reader. I love reading. Uh, one of my favourite books, I think it was in grade six, not at Yarra, at a different school, um, was Goodnight, Mr. Tom. And I think that changed me. I just loved reading it. It wasn't like a kid's book. It had um, grown-up issues in it and I couldn't put it down. And um, still now I read a book a fortnight. It used to be a book a week, but I just um, can't find the time. Uh-huh. I try to alternate between fiction and um, a business book mm-hmm. to try and continue uh, my development so there's value in reading so you're an author mm-hmm. an illustrator no i don't do the illustrations. you don't do the illustrations <laughs> can't draw um don't ask me to great passion for reading love it and you just mentioned there that you've got into a habit a rhythm or a routine of reading yes. so you consume lots of information yes uh, why do you do that um, I think it keeps your mind busy. Uh, in this day and age with um, so much focus on technology, iPads, iPhones, Netflix, and like all these different things, it's so easy to just to sit down and um, kind of tune out. Mm-hmm. But um, I travel a lot. I travel about 100 to 120 days of the year overseas. Uh, so I do spend a lot of time on my own. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much TV you can watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could be on, you know, 20-hour flights, I love to read while I'm away. Um, I'm old school. I love a book. I love the feel of paper. But I now have a Kindle because sometimes I could be away for three or four weeks at a time. It's a lot of books you're going to carry. There's a lot of books I'm going to carry. <laughs> and it was just taking up too much of my suitcase space. And I love to shop as well. So. But uh, <laughs> you've got to save some room <laughs> exactly, for that. Exactly. Um, but your your preference is still a hard copy book. Definitely. Feel yes, it in your hands. Oh, yeah. I love paper. Yeah. I, I tell you, I'm uh, going to head, as soon as we're finished here, I'm going to head into our junior school library and see whether your books are here. 
And if they're not, we have to do something about yeah. that. So they're um, for toddlers, so okay. they might not be here. But I know that the school did purchase some at some stage yeah. um, through Kim, who I deal with through YOG. Um, but no, they're like lift the flap their kids' books for um, toddlers because my my company is baby products, yes. not um, not kind of school age children. Sure, yeah. but I will definitely send you some books. That's terrific. That's very cool. Very cool. The school motto is Lavavi Oculus. Yes. I lift up my eyes. What does that mean to you? Um, I think back in the day when you're at school, you don't think too much of it. Um, although I had a lot of school pride, and I know I still do, um, having my office based in Nutterwadding, I hire a lot of people who are from the same area. Um, I do hire a lot of Yarra people, uh, but I can't hire everyone from Yarra, unfortunately. And I've definitely got into some heated arguments, especially with my current national sales manager who went to Mento and Grammar, who was in the same, um, I guess, the AGS league as the boys, and um, we talk about who was better. And I'm so one-eyed about things I love. So Passionate like, Yarra. Of course it was Yarra, 100%. So he'd like drag up all like, the actual scores to show me that we weren't statistics. actually... Yeah, statistics. Yes, we weren't actually as good as I'd hoped. Um, but I think uh, now that I'm older and I, I think about those words, um, for me, it's more about um, being present, like lift up your eyes from what you're doing and seeing what's around. And um, as I've already said before, it's kids and just people these days if you look around when you're outside everyone's on their phone like if they're waiting for a bus or an uber or they're just like sitting down to lunch they just they're not actually enjoying um what's going on now like no one's present in the now mm -hmm. so for me i think it would be more about lifting up your eyes seeing what's around and seeing what, but what you can also give back to your community and to your school or mm -hmm. to your family and to your friends i think that's really important yeah that's great um you mentioned uh, business mm -hmm. and you've been successful in business. Yes. What do you put that down to? Uh, look, I think it, my father set uh, a great tone for me growing up. Um, mm -hmm. I was raised predominantly by my father and he's always been a fantastic businessman. But I think that in conjunction with everything I learned at Yarra, um, we've just got great values here. and. Um, especially now that I'm older and I'm a part of the YOG, um, which I think is really important and something I'm really passionate and excited to be a part of, that I meet so many people who used to come to Yarra and it doesn't matter if they were in my year or 20 years um, earlier than myself or five years ago, um, we just automatically have this connection because we went to Yarra. Um, and I know that I've had people reach out to me and say, I went to Yara, so can we come and meet you at business about X, Y, and Z? And I'll always give them the time of day, always, 100%, without a doubt. It's just because we went to Yara, so we're kind of cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 100% my dad. Like, uh, okay. he really instilled that into me, but he's the one who sent me to Yara, so I've got to thank him for everything. So there's some wise decisions that he's made back in the day. Yes. But it still comes down to you as the student. What yes. were you like as a student? Like you mentioned there that perhaps Stephen, your now husband, was not so academic. Were you academic in the day? Did you make the most of the opportunities that were here? Um, I should definitely put on the record that I don't know if Steve wasn't academic. He was just definitely the class clown um, and yeah, always seemed to be quite distracted in class. Okay. Although I wasn't like a goody two-shoes, I if I was going to class, I wanted to be in class to do what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I probably one of my biggest regrets is I probably didn't focus as much on my academics when I was here. Uh, it's one of those hindsight is a beautiful thing um, type of cliche. Uh, I just I enjoyed everything about school. So I loved the social side of things. I loved the sporting side of things. I actually just loved also just being a part of the school. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in year 12, uh, I wasn't a prefect, but the prefects didn't. Uh, run the canteens I don't know what happens now um, but I was in charge of like the canteens because I'm very organized I like order and I like controlling things um, so that was something that I did and um, I know that when it came to our school dances I helped organize those and things right. like that actually um, pulled out a letter from Yarra written on Yarra letterhead it was from Mr Carson's um, mm-hmm. saying you know thank you for organizing the year 12 formal and things like that like I just liked being a part of everything that was Yarra yeah um, but I wish I had a focused more on my studies. Um, although I got a, an okay result and um, I went on to study naturopathy, probably wasn't my passion. And um, I think while I was at school, we were just so focused on getting out of school just for the sake of it because you want to be an adult, you want mm. to be grown up. Um, but what you don't realise is being an adult isn't all it's cracked up to be. You've got more responsibilities mm. and um, everything that comes with it. I... Although I went on to do naturopathy, I only did that for a year because it just wasn't a right fit. In hindsight, it's hilarious that I even did it because I'm definitely, I've always been business and maths and English-based person. So to go into um, allied health, is just, it seems ridiculous. Um, and then I went back and studied accounting at Swinburne. But when I was 24, I'd already started my company. And to juggle all of that and you get out of the routine of having to go to school and having to study and... As I said, it's it's so easy to get swept up in, I just want to finish school, I want to be an adult, I want to go get a job, I want to move out of home, I want to do all these things. Um, but right out of school is probably the best time to start, though, going back to uni and um, if you want to, if that's the way, in, whatever you want to do, it's probably best to do it straight out of school. So while you're in that rhythm of study and, and the focus that is required in that, yes. keep going. Yes, keep going. So there will be some uh, students listening mm-hmm. to this and, and there'll be Yarra students, uh, some of them. And so what advice from all of your years of being here at school and then you've uh, your journey has taken you into one course and then out of that and then you started business and you tried to go back to uni and, and, and did do that and juggled all of that. And I love that terminology that you really do have a lot to juggle as an adult. Yes. Um, both in business and socially and studying and all the things that go into that. And you've got responsibilities, there's bills to pay and all of that. So speaking to maybe your 15-year-old self, what advice would you give yourself now? Well, definitely focus more. Um, I'm still friends with so many people that I went to school with. So it wouldn't have mattered if I studied more. I'd still be friends with them now because it's just mm. a part of the Yarra culture, all the culture hopefully of where whoever um, listens to this goes to school. Uh, I'm a big believer in maths. Um, Just do maths at school. Like even if it's the bare minimum, but always do maths and do it all the way through year 12. Why why maths? Why is maths so important? I just see so many people come into my business who want to be hired or um, I meet them as adults and they don't know the very basics of maths like working out like what 10 percent is to take away the gst or when you're traveling overseas to work out the conversion rate for um what the currency is 
um, working out how much money you're going to need for a mortgage, how much money you're going to have to put it aside to save to to buy your first home, to go on a holiday to buy those pair of shoes you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just maths is just at the very core of everything we do. And when I spoke to the Year 10 students a little while back, um, that was the one thing I just couldn't stress enough because it doesn't matter if you want to be a dancer or a plumber or a doctor or you run around your own business or a fashion designer, you need maths. Like maths is at the very core of everything we do. Uh, and I just and I know some people aren't readers, so I can understand why people might not want to pick up a book or things like that. But at the end of the day, just knowing basic maths is just an absolute must in life. Mm-hmm. And you'll regret it later on if you don't know it. Sure, sure. Your connection to Yarra today. Yes. You're involved in some stuff still? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm on the committee for YOG for the Old Grammarians, um, which I'm really excited about. At the moment, I'm currently organising the Day at the Races uh-huh. for um, for past students, but also for current students and for current parents and all of that on the 28th of October. So what would you see as the value of staying connected through the YOG community? What, what do you get out of that? Uh, I don't know what I get out of it. Like, it's not a tangible thing. Um, I just, for me, it's like it still gives me a sense of being a part of a community that shaped me into the person that I am today. I love that I get to meet, um, as I said before, some people, it doesn't matter if they're in my year level or not, we just have this connection because we went to Yarra. Mm. Um, From a business point of view, there will be some people that I'll do business with because, um, you know, there are some things they might be able to bring to my business or I can offer to their business, uh, whether or not it be from a freight company or an IT Mm. company or a tax uh, tax agents or whoever it might be, hopefully not a lawyer. Um, But... I don't know. We can always use different people. Sure. Um, and I don't know. I just like staying connected. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And so it's a little bit of an opportunity to give back. Yes. To the definitely. school that gave you so much. Yes. Yeah, I love that's, that. that's terrific. Very much so. We talk, even today, we talk about the Yarra spirit. What does Yarra spirit mean? How would you kind of encapsulate what the Yarra spirit is or means or does or was or is? That's just a kind of hard question because I feel like it's just something that's in me because I went to Yarra. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes me happy. uh, It's just that sense of community and sharing the same core values of friendship and community and being there for one another. Mm. Um, For some reason, even as I said before, we might all be completely different people. Um, It just kind of brings us together. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It, it makes me happy. It makes me proud. Like, I'm so proud that I went to Yarra. Uh, and I know that students listening to this now, it's, it's, it wouldn't have been something I thought of one year out of school. Mm. And that's, like, something that we're, we've been discussing for YOG about people who go back to um, our reunions, our class reunions and things like that, that it's trying to hit people for the first year out of school they're excited to be out of school they've been here for however many years and that's kind of like they feel that that closes but when you go into school and then you start working and all that you will reminisce about how good your school days were and even if you have just one friend who will stay with you for the rest of your life from Yara, that'll be something that you'll just have forever or maybe you'll be the person who's got 30 or 40 people that you still stay connected with Mm. 
Um, it's just, it's something that'll be a part of you and you might not realize it straight away, but at some point you will. And that's when you'll do what I do and you probably want to be a part of YOG or you want to go to reunions. I say definitely go to reunions. It was absolute blast seeing so many people. And even uh, I didn't go, we didn't have any other reunions except for 10. And I still thought I knew pretty much everyone from my year level. Mm. It's just like people you just forget. You forget. And which yes. is not, it's not um, a bad thing, but you meet them and you're like, oh my goodness, yeah. yes. And we had English together or we did this together. And I don't know, it makes you reconnect. And I love that. Yeah. Carrie Edwards Britt from the class of 1999. Um, what does success mean to you? For me personally, um, I think it has to be taken across so many different levels because you can have success um, in business, um, which I'm very thankful um, that I have, but it's it, it has to be the bigger picture. So for me, I've got amazing family and friends. I've got friends who are like family um, that I know that I could turn to them at any, at any time that I would need them and um, they would be there for me as I'm always there for them. But I'm close with my family and, and I give back to the community where I can. Um, so supporting different charities through my company and then coming back and being with YOG. So I think that it, it is very much a personal thing. Um, some people might think having a lot of money is success, but you know, that only gets you so far. Mm. Uh, but I think it's doing something, as long as you're doing what makes you happy, that will make you successful because um, yeah, you'll always be happy and love what you're doing. That's good. That's good. Um, what's a habit or maybe an app or maybe a, a rhythm or routine that you've applied in your life that has led to that success, whether it's success in business or in families, friendships, connections? What's something that you attribute that to? And you mentioned reading before. Is there something else that has been influential? Yeah, um I am a person of routine, although um, if you called me up you know, tonight when I had something on or I was going to stay at home and read my book and say, let's go out, I'll definitely go out. Um, but for me, routines and building healthy habits is um, really important. I work very long hours and, as I said before, I travel a lot. Mm. And the travel can become lonely and you can actually feel quite disconnected from people in your life because... Of the choices I've made um, and the sacrifices I've had to make, uh, it would mean that I've missed people's weddings or first mm -hmm. children being born or birthday parties and things like that. When you're a 24-year-old and you're missing um, parties, birthday parties and friends' weddings and stuff like that, it does hit home a little bit that, like, what am I doing this for? But now, 10 years on, um, and it set me up to where I am now, those sacrifices have been well worth it. Um, I go to the gym in the mornings. Um, I can't do it after work because I get stuck at work. So for me, getting up at 5.30 in the morning, um, going to the gym, um, getting what I want to get done um, from that level, so staying healthy, staying, um, staying fit. So then when I go to work, it doesn't matter how many hours I do, I already feel like I've done something for me, um, which I think is really important. Um, and when I am home... I make sure I put a lot of my time and effort into friends and family and things like yog. Uh, it would be so easy for me just to say, okay, well, now that I'm home, I'm going to relax and spend a lot of time with Steve. So poor Steve that I don't. Um, but I will make sure that uh, I'm catch up with my friends and mm -hmm. I, I have to be on the front foot of that because I'm the one who's always away. Mm -hmm. So being proactive, it's uh, some people are stubborn. They, they sit back and they're like, well, why haven't they called me? Or why haven't they invited me here? 
Like the older you get, you just have to realise that nothing's personal and you have to put in as much into friendships and sometimes more than other people do. Mm. Um, but you, the return on investment on that stuff is amazing because you just get great friends. Excellent, excellent. A couple of really quick questions, yep. maybe one word answer as we uh, draw this to a close. Yep. Um, what inspired you while you were here at Yarra? Uh, I think the school spirit, mm-hmm. uh, my friends, and definitely my father. Excellent. What's a book that you would recommend young people should read? I know, you sent me this one and I couldn't actually think of anything at all because I really don't know what they're reading in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a foundational uh, book that you think, you know, is really powerful. It might be a business book, it might be a, uh, a classic no? Uh, no, I can't even think of anything out of all the books, only because it's like cho- um, choosing your favourite child, isn't it? I love That's books fair, so yes. much that um, it, it depends on what you're passionate about. Um, there's a business writer called Peter Bregman, mm-hmm. and he's one of my favourites, and one of his books really changed the way I thought within business. Um, and I ended up getting in contact with him just saying this is an amazing book and um, and then now I've read pretty much all of his books. So I'd mm-hmm. recommend reading some of his books for business mm-hmm. but it would actually um, relate into school because it actually just talks about um, focusing on the important things and not always the urgent things because we sometimes let things go a little bit. Mm. Yeah. We should probably also read a little bit about Sponky too. Oh, you should definitely read Sponky. <laughs> Lift the flap, it's a little bit, uh, yeah, for when you're sitting on the couch. That's very good. Um, most embarrassing moment that you can share with us? At school or just in life? In life. Oh, goodness me. I'm not very good at public speaking. It's always been one of my abs. I dread. I just dread it so much. I'm still now to this day. I've got to do something yeah. on Thursday and I'm just still dreading it. And I had to give the end of year basketball report up on stage. And I think I just worked myself up into a tizzy. I really, I wanted to call in sick and not have to do it. But I went up there and, of course, um, I stuffed up. But I could then laugh and all of my class laughed with me because they knew I was so nervous about it. But once I got that um, mistake out of the way, then I could I got through it, so it was fine. But Wow, that, yeah. that staggers me because you are so accomplished and so what life would say is successful in so many ways. And yet many, many people, our students as well, fear public speaking oh goodness it's a real thing it is it's debilitating and i i've had to do so many different types of awards and i've been across different panels and i'm as i said just uh, before that i'm doing this judging panel on thursday but then i have to do this 10 minutes talk and i always have to do it um i just dread it on the lead up to it um i find though if i can just talk like you and i are if i don't have notes i'm better because i i then get um stressed that i'm gonna have to read from the notes Mm -hmm. but if you're talking about what you know you know it and so you shouldn't have to worry about that but i hate it it's like debilitating it stresses me out yeah i can't get over it either so do you have any advice for young people who might feel so scared yeah it's the thing is it's it's your mind kind of doing its own head in on the lead up to it. It's never as bad as you think it's going to be. It really isn't. Um, and if you know what you're talking about, so if that means reading it over time and time and time again, like actors do when they have to do, um, do stage shows. Yeah. Exactly. If you know what you're going to talk about, you'll be fine. Mm. I feel that it's if you're underprepared is mm-hmm. when um, you just lose track of it and you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but... It, 
the only advice is once you do it, it's all over and you feel so much better. And it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. It just isn't. I, I would certainly agree with that. And the, the other thing that I like to think about um, is is to value their time. Yes. And so do the preparation, do the, whether it be the reading, the preparation, or if it's speaking about something that you do know about, that you're passionate about, well, you've done the time by growing that passion. But the other thing I think is if we respect the audience and their time, they actually want us to do well. Of course. And so they're on our side. Yes. Whether they've come to hear you as a speaker or whether they're there and you are one of the speakers, they actually want to get something from you. And so I think rather than um, being fearful that you're going to muck it up and stuff it up, and, and that's, that is a real fear, mm-hmm. I agree with that, but they actually want you to do well because they want to get something out of what you're sharing as well. Yeah. I think at school um, it's different to being an adult. Because there is that kind of peer pressure and you want to, there's always going to be those things at school where, I don't know, there's someone there who makes you nervous or there's someone there that you want them to be your friend and they're not or whatever it is. When it's, I I really felt at school it was probably more than it is now, obviously, because I'm older and I can get through it that... Yeah, exactly what you're saying. They don't actually want you to fail. It's, it is actually all in your mind. Yeah. That uh, if you go out there and just like smash it out of the park, everyone's going to be, how amazing was that? So preparation is definitely key. Mm. But I just I just still remember yeah, having to do this talk and just thinking. And I had so many friends in high school and things like that that um, no one was setting me up to fail. Mm. But in my mind, I just thought, I'm going to get up there and make the biggest idiot of myself. And you know what? I did in the first 30 seconds. Got out of the way, moved on. It was all fine. We all had a laugh and that was it. But I guess it's still something that stuck with me. Yeah, clearly <laughs> it has. Clearly it. it has. What's something that uh, you're working on at the moment that really excites you? Something you're looking forward to kind of signing the deal or, or a new product or a, a part of your life that's going really well? Uh, a couple of things, I guess. I just came back from Germany. Um, so every September I go to Germany for a big trade show and I try and find new brands to bring to Australia. So there's two brands I'm currently working on um, that I'm hoping to get over the line in the next kind of couple of months and I'll bring them in, um, big international brands. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm also managing director of my father's company and he uh, manufactures motorized golf buggies. So I run his company as well. And um, we're just about to launch a new um, motorized golf buggy, which dad's been working on for about four years. And I'm so excited about it because it's just going to revolutionize electric golf buggies. Um, And we're exporting and our export business is just so phenomenal because of this new product. And that's launching really in the next 30 days. Um, and it's something we've been working really hard on. So I'm really excited about that to see how um, how that unfolds over the next year or so. Yeah, very exciting. That's very cool. We'll be looking out for that. And will we notice the new extraordinary thing in these golf buggies that you might be referring to? Is um, it like so revel? Like it's not just windscreen wipers on the front. Or- <laughs> well, these are the ones you walk behind. You don't ride on these ones. Okay. Uh, I just think the the motorized golf buggy industry. It's pretty much been same same over all the years. Um, Dad's had his company for twenty four years. In two thousand fourteen, um, we bought out a patented product which had four wheels, which is they've never had four wheels before, which seems so simple. Um, and at the time, everyone said you can't do four wheels. No one's ever done four wheels, and that's gone so well for us. Hmm. But we have gone back to the three wheel um, design 
it is so compact and you can't it actually just looks like a push-pull buggy and what I'm hoping to achieve through it is to appeal to the younger golfer because electric golf buggies is sometimes seen as an aid mm. but in this day and age we use iPads and iPhones and all of these Kindles and so much tech savvy things why are you still push-pulling your own golf buggy mm -hmm. it seems crazy to me uh, so I guess the innovation in it is how small it is, how light it is, how compact it is, how you can't even see the motor or the battery or anything like that. Um, and for, for people who play golf, um, I think that's just going to be a massive step in the right direction for us. I'm guessing you don't have much time for golf. Um, I don't, but um, growing up with a father who was passionate about golf, um, he always, I guess uh, to use the horrible word, made me play golf and entered me in competitions and things like that. So um, I'm actually an okay golfer, but I literally have no time to play golf. Did you grow up pulling golf buggies around for your dad um, and so now you've really passionate about these electronic ones dad always took me to the golf driving range and i got lessons down at more at golf club oh. and things like that and then i'd go into competitions mm. um so that was probably more so i don't think he wanted his daughter um on the golf course with him that was probably his time away from me <laughs> which i completely respect uh, i'm just passionate about it because um he started the business uh, when we we're living at park orchards um, 24 years ago and I've just watched the company grow from literally him having containers delivered into our home wow. and filling up our dining room and our double garage and things like that um, to now us being like an international company um, that exports and it's a sought after brand so I'm really proud of him for that. What a journey and uh, what a delight to have you come and spend some of your very precious time no, um, early this morning and so thank you and you're heading off to work now. I am heading off to work. Is there anything you're looking forward to work today? Uh, today, maybe not so much, okay. but this week I'm at a, um, and we've got an expo in at um, Jeff Shed in the city this week. Uh -huh. So I'm flying in all my staff from around town, um, from around Australia, sorry, and we've got our sales conference tomorrow. But Tuesdays are my uh, meeting days. So I've got management meetings, I've got um, all those different types of things, meeting with lawyers and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, all happen on a Tuesday. Uh, so today will just be one of those days where I'm just stuck in a boardroom all day. But that's okay. Right. It's a beautiful day outside. It, it is, and it's it's part of the reality of business. There's bits you love about it and, okay. and are the, the glamour and the success and the, the good things, but there's a whole lot of hard work underneath. There is, and it, I still enjoy this part of it. It's just it's, it can be a little bit mundane sometimes. Mm. <laughs> Carrie Edwards-Britt from the class of 1999. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and uh, sharing with us a little bit about how Yara has inspired you. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Well, that wraps up another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And I hope that you found this conversation interesting, along with many others and many more to come. It's a thrill to continue to produce these podcasts for you to help build the connection between Yarra Ogramarians with one another and indeed with our current Yarra Valley Grammar community. Uh, those who are currently staff, students, parents of this great school. If you, in fact, have got contact with or would like to hear one of your old classmates here as a featured guest on this uh, podcast, then we'd love you to let us know. And you can contact us via the community section uh, within the ybg.vic.edu.au website. 
of course, if you go in there, you'll see more information about this podcast and and each episode has its own unique set of show notes that we've uh, drawn up and written up. If you want to know more information about today's guest, you can head on over there to the website and find out a little bit more. Also links there for great ways that you can stay in touch with the YOG community. I hope you will enjoy uh, sitting down with us again next episode where we'll get the opportunity to meet with another YOG community member. My name is Paul Joy and it's been a delight to spend this time with you. Thanks for tuning in. Share it, like it, continue to uh, subscribe to this podcast and we hope that uh, it continues to inspire you to make a positive impact in the world around you. Ooh, 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 ooh.